trembling and bewildered, the women went out and fled from the tomb. They said nothing to anyone because they were afraid. Easter morning contains an event so astonishing, so amazing, so utterly terrifying that a group of female friends are struck silent. Ever encounter a group of women struck silent? Well, let's be equal opportunity here. Can you recall a single time when a group of men had no comments or opinions or complaints? On Easter morning, something unusual has certainly happened. If you've been following along in the Gospel of Mark, you'll realize that today is not the first time that we've encountered this group of women. Mary Magdalene, Mary, the mother of Jesus, Mary, the mother of James, and Salome. Flip back one chapter, and you'll read that the same group were keeping vigil through Jesus' arrest and execution. They watched his body being raised on a cross. They watched his lifeless corpse being hauled down. Were you there when they crucified my Lord, the song asks, These women were there. Yes, they watched from a distance, but while the other disciples scattered, they remained. In today's reading, they've come back after sunrise. They've come to anoint Jesus' body and pay their last respects. We can only imagine how emotionally exhausted, how physically drained they must have been after all that they had been through. I mean, I've watched families keep vigil with their sick and their dying ones, and it does take an incredible toll on those who are standing by, watching and waiting for someone to die. Coming back Sunday morning, these women must have been glad that the terrible week had finally ended. Jesus was dead. He couldn't be tortured any further. But I wonder, I do wonder, if they were also relieved that Jesus' mission was over. I mean, his mission was compelling. All this focus on healing and restoration. Jesus spoke of new beginnings to a woman who had already been through five husbands. How hopeful is that? But joining up with Jesus was an invitation to a difficult journey. Jesus refused to take the easy path, and he demanded the same from his followers. If anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me, Jesus says. I can't help but wonder if these women found solace in the end of Jesus' suffering. And I can't help but imagine that they were relieved, relieved to go back to life as normal. Maybe there was a silver lining. Maybe there was an upside to Jesus being dead. Well, if the women had been thinking this, it wasn't for too long. For as they returned to Jesus' grave early Sunday morning, they noticed that the large stone that had sealed the tomb's entrance has been moved. Then they see a young man, dressed in a white robe, standing nearby. 
Before they get any words out, he offers them a gracious greeting. Don't be alarmed. You are looking for Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He's risen. He's not here. See the place where they laid him. This messenger then tells the trembling women to share the news with the rest of the disciples that the risen Jesus has gone ahead of them to Galilee, that they will soon see Jesus for themselves. But as we've already heard, message received isn't message delivered. The news is simply too hard to digest. The women flee the graveyard and they keep the story to themselves. These women had come to Jesus' tomb to get some closure so they could move on with their living. But at Jesus' tomb, they are confronted with something they had never expected, never in their wildest dreams. Every Easter, we are confronted with the same incredible news, the same amazing story. He is risen. He's not here. And every Easter, we try to tame the terror and disarm that amazement. In the church, we domesticate it with metaphors about new beginnings. Our culture has turned it into a celebration of chocolate and family. But imagine with me, you're at a funeral and the coffin lid flings open, grandma sits bolt upright and asks someone nearby for a beer. What would that do to the serene send-off? Could you really water that story down? The truth is, this story in Mark is not about Cadbury's Easter eggs or blossoming spring flowers. The story is about a dead man who has left his grave. And not just any dead man, but the one who spoke of God as Father and whose witnesses call God's Son. Maybe terror and amazement and fear is the most appropriate response to what happens on Easter. Now, there are two endings to, go, to Mark's gospel. The shorter ending, the one that is regarded as most authentic, doesn't say what happens after the women are given the message about Jesus. The story drops off, literally. Mark's composition, his gospel, ends with a preposition, grammatical treason. I mean, you can see this in the Bible in basic English. It preserves what is smoothed over in the other versions. And they went out quickly from the place because fear and great wonder had come upon them. And they, had, they said nothing to anyone because they were full of fear that... That's where it ends. They were full of fear that what? That what Jesus promised was true? That life would never, ever get back to normal? But what are we so afraid of in the story of Jesus' resurrection? Why are we 
fearful of lingering in this story? Why is it so hard to listen to me this morning and so easy to think about Easter brunch? Could it be that we are afraid that there might be more to life than building a career, earning a few dollars, enjoying a retirement, and watching our kids and grandkids grow up? When my first daughter Isabel was born, one of the first things we did was take a photo of our newly minted family. We took the photo, it was digital, and we sent it to everyone we knew. One colleague responded, Steve, I can see fear in your eyes. Well, there was fear in my eyes. I had just journeyed with Amy through 18 hours of agonizing labor. Then I had just witnessed a miracle, a baby being born with, there must have been 10 doctors in the room. And I knew, I knew after all this had happened, our lives would never be the same. I knew life had forever changed. Ten and a half years later, I can tell you that life with children is harder, more complicated, more difficult than life without them. And people are telling me I'm in the sweet spot. They're old enough to still listen to me and love me. Not too old. They haven't reached the teenage years. Life with children is harder, more complicated, more difficult than life without them. And yet I gotta confess that having children is one of the best choices I've ever made. On Easter Sunday, Jesus' resurrection changes everything. It changes everything. So are you willing to take that step to follow the risen Savior? A journey with Jesus doesn't promise to be easy, but it will be the best choice you'll ever make. To God be the glory. Amen.